0: good afternoon everybody an educated economist here before I get started I would like to thank the daily Astorian they did an article about me and it's going to be in tomorrow's paper it's online right now and I'll leave a link down in the description for you guys and uh, you know it's gonna be pretty interesting I've had this channel for you know quite a few years but not a lot of people here locally know that I have this channel so when they realize that, you know, all of a sudden there's this 84,000 subscriber YouTube guy here in the middle of town, it really shocks a lot of people. So I'm looking forward to seeing what uh, what kind of reaction I get from the uh, from the article being posted in the local paper here. So thank you very much, Daily Astorian, for doing that article about the uneducated economist. Also like to uh, encourage you guys to go check out the Instagram channel. I've been posting quite a bit of stuff on Instagram. We're doing like these Q&A kind of... Um, short videos that have actually done pretty well. Um, I've gotten quite a good response off of it. So go check out the Instagram channel. It's doing quite well over there. It's a lot of fun. And then also, I know a lot of people would rather listen to these to these videos as opposed to watching them on YouTube. And I have the podcast going. It's called You Guys Let Me Know. And you can find all links to all this stuff over at my website uneducatedeconomist.com. So if you um, if you're new to the channel and you're looking to try and find where the social medias are or you know maybe some of the other things that I've been working on, you can find pretty much everything I do over at the uneducatedeconomist.com site. But yeah, you can follow me on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. I have all those social medias, but pretty much I'm active on YouTube. And, you know, I'm going to be, I'm going to try and start to be a little bit more active on Instagram and Twitter as well. So anyway, that's enough for the self-promotions. Let's talk a little bit about Evergrande. Evergrande is now asking for permission or not even asking for permission. They're basically saying that we're going to have to work out some kind of deal with these offshore creditors out there because we are not going, this is Evergrande saying basically they're not going to be able to, to make their payments and you're going to have to either renegotiate or give them some time. Or something, but they're in default. They're they're failing. And now this is something that I feel is probably going to end up taking place throughout a lot of the economy, not just in China, not just here in the United States, but all throughout the entire world. And now, if you just kind of take it down to what Evergrande has done, because pretty much when they were when they were in success, like you know, I don't know how successful they really were, but when When they were encouraged to keep going, you know, when they had easy access to credit, when they had a lot of jobs coming in, when they were running their business and everything was smooth, it worked out really well. Like they didn't have any problems. They could roll their old debt into new debt. Everybody was happy. You know, no issues as far as access to credit. But what Evergrande had done, and much like a lot of corporations and even nations throughout the entire world, What they had done is they wanted to get that better interest rate when they borrowed money. And so they ended up borrowing money in U.S. dollars. And this is something that we have talked about quite a bit on this channel. See, this is one of the reasons why I just don't feel that the U.S. dollar is going to fail as a world reserve currency anytime soon. It's not going to happen this year. It's probably not going to happen next year. Will it happen at some point? Sure. But I couldn't tell you when, and I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. Now every grand is sitting in a situation in which that they are having trouble making their debt payments. In the United States or the US dollar is what they need to make those payments in. So they need to get a hold of US dollars. Here's the problem. The United States is about ready to go into monetary tightening. And monetary tightening means that they're going to be pulling liquidity out of the system. That's US dollars. That is going to be deflation. Now, a lot of people will look at prices and say, that's inflation. Prices are the symptom. They are the results of inflation. Inflation is the expansion of money and credit. Prices are the results. So, excuse me, as the... <laughs> I just ate lunch, guys. I'm sorry. <laughs> so, as the Federal Reserve goes into their monetary tightening, they don't even really have to pull money out of the system. Right? They could just say, hey... We're going to stop right now and not do anything at all. We're just going to sit here and just be observers. And whatever's in the system right now is just going to continue to function the way it was. So what will end up happening is, is that if the Federal Reserve doesn't actively purchase bonds or those mortgage-backed securities, what will end up happening is, is they're going to start to mature. And when those treasuries mature, that is money coming back to the Federal Reserve. And unless the Federal Reserve takes that money and rolls it over, into more treasuries, then that money is essentially destroyed. And that is deflation. Okay? So that's really why I see that there is a deflationary scenario coming. As this deflation begins to take hold, it's going to make borrowing money ever more burdensome on everybody. It doesn't matter who it is. It's going to be burdensome on banks. It's going to be burdensome on the borrowers who are consuming House purchases, car purchases, all that stuff is going to become more difficult. And it's not going to be difficult to necessarily get the loan. It's going to be difficult to make the payments. That's where the problem comes in. Is that people who are used to making payments of, you know, at a 3% interest, all of a sudden interest rates go from 3% to 4 to 5 to 6 Well, now you got like double your interest payments. And that is going to be very hard on the American consumer. It's also going to be very difficult for foreign nations and foreign corporations to start acquiring dollars. So, as what what ends up happening is, is as the monetary policy starts to tighten, it starts adding strength to the dollar. Right? This is where everybody is saying we need to do something about inflation. Well, as the dollar strengthens, this will start causing the prices to come down. Right? The prices on houses and cars and stuff like that that you have to borrow money to to make a purchase with. But the things that are in short supply, I don't see those things coming down in price. Even if the Federal Reserve was to tighten up their monop- monetary policy. You think about it. Can interest rates rising really fix a supply chain shortage? Like, oh man, that lumber's gotten real expensive. I got an idea. We'll raise the interest rates. Well, is raising interest rates gonna produce more lumber? I'm a little confused here. Oh, maybe the interest rates will get people to stop buying lumber, even when there's a housing shortage and the prices of homes are through the roof? Well, maybe we can bring that prices of houses down. Okay, would that get people to stop buying houses or would that get people to buy houses? You see where I'm kind of getting at here, guys? I do not feel that this inflationary scenario is due to the money printing. It's due to a supply chain breakdown. The money printing was a great excuse for the Federal Reserve to raise interest rates because they needed to raise interest rates. They were at zero. Their monetary policy was essentially ineffective. It didn't mean anything anymore. Now, their words, their threatenings, that meant a lot. That did a lot for the... The whole like economy and getting people to behave in a particular in a, in a particular fashion. I mean, you think about it right now. Look what's going on with like the stock market. I mean, I think I saw the Dow at one point at like a thousand points down today. It's like seven hundred points down when I started this video. People are positive that the Federal Reserve is going to be raising interest rates. They know it, and they're starting to react now. They're acting as if the Federal Reserve has already done it. But the Federal Reserve hasn't done anything yet. I mean, they've backed off, but they're still printing money. They're still quantitative easing. Right? But yet the people believe that something else is happening here. The Federal Reserve needs to raise those interest rates. They need to. It's their ammunition. They're at zero. They have essentially no ammo. So if they are going to have any kind of any kind of effective tool for dealing with the next recession, they need some interest rates back. And typically they would want to drop interest rates around 5% to combat a recession. Being at essentially zero, trying to get 5% back on the fed funds rate is going to be like an impossible task. But if they convince everybody that they're going to do it and everybody behaves, As if the Federal Reserve had interest rates at five percent, then the Federal Reserve probably won't have to do much at all. Think about this, guys. Right now, there is going to be a huge issue with people all over the world looking to pay off their contracts, much like Evergrande, that's due in U.S. dollars that is going to become very difficult to get. That is going to put some serious slowdown on economic activity around the world. All right. I'm going to leave it at that. I'm going to put a few articles down in the uh, description for you guys, including the uh, article to the Daily A. And, um, yeah, I appreciate if you guys go and check out the Instagram um, channel, uh, you know, the Instagram page and um, and the podcast. All right. Uneducated economist. You guys let me know.